Earlier today, Jeff Bezos became the latest billionaire in space. Here's Global's Jackson Proskow with more. From launch to landing, it all went flawlessly. Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin made history, advancing private space tourism with a launch to the edge of space. The new Shepard capsule took off into the Texas sky just after 9 a.m. Eastern, exactly 52 years to the day after humans first walked on the moon. It reached an altitude of 107 kilometers. That's just on the other side of the Kármán line, the internationally recognized boundary between Earth and space at 100 kilometers above ground. Now, the passengers were treated to a few minutes of weightlessness and a panoramic view of the curvature of the Earth and the darkness of space. The launch vehicle returned to the ground for a pinpoint landing. The capsule landed a short time later, touching down gently in the desert. All right, and watching this with a lot of interest is our friend and tech expert Mark Saltzman, who joins us now for more here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mark, pretty exciting morning. What was your reaction to the launch? Yeah, you know, it's very polarizing because I think it's exciting and where this can lead in the future. I don't really care about a couple of billionaires doing it, um, you know, I, so I, I'm kind of looking forward uh, a decade or so. But um, but yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I think it was flawless from what I can tell. A uh, little concerned about it. 82 year olds going up but thank god everything was great uh yeah so the richest man on earth became the richest man off of it this morning along with his brother mark so jeff bezos's brother mark and uh, the youngest and the oldest uh, passenger an 18 year old and of course the 82 year old uh mary wallace funk or wally funk as as she known so that was it was a great morning i thought it was very exciting uh from uh, from all perspectives, and it, you know, from my vantage point, for for what it's worth, but I get it. I I, I saw all the comments online when I posted about it, uh, saying, you know, I could care less, rather watch paint drive, you know, uh, dry, you know, all that. But I think it's great for science and where we're going in the future. Yeah, it's amazing to see. And we were talking about this with the Richard Branson flight from uh, just over a week ago, and it's hard to believe inside of two weeks we're talking about uh, two basic, uh, well, yeah. very rich but civilians going <laughs> into outer space. But it's amazing how this has really shifted, hasn't it? It used to be uh, governments, of course, uh, and government organizations like at NASA, who were the ones heading the space race. But we've seen, you know, in the last week and a half, a significant shift where private industry and private individuals are really driving things now. Yeah, and, and I think it needs this kind of um, capital from the world's richest man who just stepped down from CEO of, uh, of Amazon and the likes of Sir Richard Branson and Elon Musk. I think we need the, that, that these kinds of individuals who are forward thinking, they're visionaries, and yes, they've got the money to make it happen if, because it's not being, it's not like you said, it's, this is not NASA here. This is privatized space uh, tourism. And uh, I think that if, if anybody can make it happen, it's these three in particular, and there's other companies companies as well. But uh, yeah, I think this is, it's, it's pretty exciting. I think a lot of your listeners would, you know, one day instead of going down South, if they could scrape up the cash and we'll see if it really truly becomes democratized, they, they'll choose to go in space. It's on my bucket list if I can afford it. And I, I've done the, the vomit comet flight before the zero gravity flight. Uh, uh, I'm sure you've heard of this um, above the Nevada desert where uh, it was about 10 years ago. Uh, I went up and you experience weightlessness uh, 15 times in, in uh, the course of a, of a, you know, about 40 minutes or so. So it's pretty wild. All right. I know you posted uh, about this uh, online uh, on Twitter, I believe uh, the video yeah. of this uh, doing this zero G flight. Uh, 
How was it? Were you able to, uh, you know, kind of hold it together during this flight? <laughs> it was cl- It was touch and go at one point, uh, but no, I, I held it together. A, f- a few other passengers did not. There's a reason why these uh, this modified 747 is not only padded, but also, um, you know, it has a special coating on it. Let's call it the, you know, so that so that someone who's working on that flight can and go and quickly clean up a mess. Um, you know, what do you call that on like your furniture? You know, the, you get the scotch guarding, yeah, the heavy. Scotch duty yeah. scotch guarding going on on the uh, zero g flight i'm sure yeah so it's called the parabola when these uh, specially trained pilots they 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 first you know they they go up so you are stuck to the ground because of the g-force uh they so they tilt the nose up in the plane and then they point downwards and you are weightless for about 25 to 30 seconds and that constant pressure of being weightless and then then all of a sudden you can't even lift your arms up on the ground beside you like if you try to lift them there's no way you can do it um and and when they do that 15 times so the first two are lunar gravity second two are martian gravity and the last 11 are zero gravity it takes a toll on your body especially if you're not trained like i'm i had like a day and a half of lessons that's it and a special breakfast that we had to eat but it was you know an, a remarkable experience uh, i'm sure others were a lot more you know they may not they may have regretted it because you get it you get you do your body you will you might get ill it's called the vomit comet for a reason but uh, certainly that's what astronauts use to train and 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 acclimatize your body to uh, weightlessness it's definitely if you can't afford the two hundred thousand dollar flight to go up in uh Richard Branson's vehicle, then this might be the next best thing at about eight grand US, even though I didn't pay for that either. It was a, an industry event that I was uh, very fortunate to be invited to. But after you've gone through that, you're still excited about space tourism. What is the allure? And, you know, if the price is right, if it uh, gets, uh, you know, eventually, and who knows, a decade, decade and a half from now, where it's the price of maybe a flight somewhere in the world, you'd sign up, you'd go. I would. Yeah. You know, being 51, I'm like, maybe I missed the boat here, but seeing uh, the 82 year old today, uh, Wally Funk go up, I was like, okay, maybe I, <laughs> if I pass the battery of tests and sign my, my life away, but what's the appeal? It's, it's seeing the earth, you know, from above you look, look, you're not at the space station or anything, but you see the curvature of the earth. Um, so it's more about that, the weightlessness again, even though, uh, I had, it's not quite the same thing, probably apples and oranges, but I've experienced that, but definitely seeing the earth, uh, being up in space, uh, it was only an 11 minute flight today. So, you know, even if, if I had the money, I think that's a hard sell for 11 minutes, quarter of a million dollars, uh, Canadian. Uh, but there's a woman from Winnipeg who signed up. She's uh, right. going to go up at some point, uh, the next couple of years <laughs> well who knows where this is going to lead maybe in another 10 years uh, when we say we're going up north it used to mean going to the cottage but not yeah, anymore i'm right. vacationing that's in right. space <laughs> all right mark you wouldn't do it jeff you if you had the cash like budget aside would you wouldn't you, there's no interest uh, I, I do have interest. I want to see this develop a little more. Uh, you know, uh, I was not going to be, uh, you know, price aside, maybe one of the first to, to board the uh, ship. But uh, there was just yeah. something. I mean, I have had the uh, privilege and the pleasure to interview the likes of Chris Hadfield and others who have left this yeah. planet for some time. And sure. to a person, they all just say how humbling the experience is. I, I can yeah, only imagine no what that's like. Yeah, for sure. I think civilian, civilian astronaut, uh, as, as civilian uh, astronauts, I think this is going to be a real, a real thing. Uh, budget permitting, it's it's going to happen. And I think what we saw today was just uh, an exciting start of it all. And nine days ago with Sir Richard Branson, but I think the best is yet to come. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's a whole new space race. That's for sure. Mark, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. Me too. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right. There's Mark Saltzman with us. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.